The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So, good day. It was nice to meditate with, here with you all. Uh, I feel much better now. I was... Uh, I had a shingle shot yesterday, and I was warned that a shingle shot would might have a big impact, and it did. I went to bed, and I had shivers, and quite cold, and then I got hot and had fever, and woke up this morning feeling tired, and kind of um, kind of going really slow. So um, I wonder how what it's what it was going to be like to come down and give a talk here today, but just sitting there for this half an hour. With I feel um, more and more normal again. So, but if somehow I slur my words or I'm not quite coherent, uh, maybe it's um, still the effect of the shingle shot. I was warned that the the impact would be strong. That they had. So, um, um, I want to talk about karma. So it's one of the really big topics in Buddhism, and some people feel like it's a, one of the most central teachings of Buddhism or the Buddha. And um, and it's um, uh, sometimes uh, Western teachers like myself are criticized for not teaching it enough, uh, not emphasizing it because it's so central. And um, so I want to uh, talk about it. And I want to talk about that there's three different aspects, uh, the major aspects of the karma teaching. And, um, and so, um, and understanding these three different areas, uh, will help you find your way when people start talking about karma. And you'll start saying, well, which of these three are they addressing? Is it all three? Is it just one of them or two of them? Or, uh, what, what are they actually talking about? Because sometimes people use, talk about karma, Assuming you know what they mean, and um, so this maybe helps. So the first is that um, karma. The, t- the word karma, literally, it's kamma in uh, Pali, K A M M A. The way that Sanskrit and and Pali are very closely related, and sometimes it's just a softening of some of the consonants. And um, and so kamma, it literally means action. And um, and uh, that's the basic meaning. It means action, um, uh, how we act. And then by extension, then, it's become uh, associated with theories of action, theories of what action, uh, you know, understanding of the how actions work. The, and so one of the, one of the aspects of this uh, theory of action is the idea that actions have consequences. What we say and what we do, um, and also what we think, what goes on in our mind, uh, is not uh, impact-free. It, it, uh, whatever we do has an influence. It has a results that can happen. And so, if um, if you race around for a whole day trying to do many things in a hurry, and then the end of the day you're exhausted and have a headache. Uh, that's the consequence of having rushed around all day. If instead you do things calmly and mindfully, and you come to the end of the day and you still feel calm and settled and you're not so exhausted, that's partly the consequence of the actions you do. 
if you lie to your best friend and your best friend now doesn't trust you, um, the, your lying had a consequence. And um, so the teaching of karma uh, has this idea that uh, all your actions have consequences. And what this implies is that uh, you should be careful not only about what you do, but also uh, careful about what you do in terms of the consequence it has. What impact does it have on others? What impact will it have on yourself? And seemingly innocent uh, things that we do um, are not so inconsequential. They're actually quite... Everything has some kind of uh, value in it. Um, it's part of the conditioning factors. It kind of creates an influence. Um, it creates a lingering effect. So, And one of the ways that karma works, consequences, is not just consequences in the world, but the most important part is consequences to ourselves. Um, we might want to say, in the Western terms, psychological consequences. So what we do regularly becomes a habit. What we do regularly becomes a momentum and force in our minds. So we're more likely to do that again. So if we complain a lot, and that's what we're always doing, complaining has consequence. It has maybe some kind of consequence in the world. People feel a little bit hesitant to talk to us if they're always, compla- if we're always complaining. But also, um, uh, complaining is, uh, is a stressful activity of the mind, and we're uh, compounding that stress if we do it regularly. And we make it more likely that we, uh, it becomes a habit to complain, and then we find ourselves complaining you know, without having planned to complain. It's just like uh, it's become a habit. And so some of these things that we do regularly or we do, um, the influence it has goes underground for a while and then comes out later. Um, so we go along merrily living our lives and, uh, and then we meditate. And then in meditation at some point we realize that we have to now take into, uh, uh, into, uh, into account the fact that we hurt someone 20 years ago. And we know we hurt them, but we never really, the impact of that, the real, you know, the impact of what that impacted us or impacted them, uh, somehow there's something about meditation, sitting quietly and being attentive, sometimes, especially on retreat, uh, things long ago come up really big and then uh, we have to deal with them. And they've been living underneath there, living kind of underground and um, waiting their turn. They're, it's not inconsequential they're living there, they're kind of like simmering there in the background. And so now uh, they come to the foreground and now we have to deal with it somehow and work with it. And um, my teacher in Burma, was uh, he loved, Pandita, he loved to frequently tell stories of people who came to meditate with him who uh, lived, uh, you know, uh, um, violent lives. I mean, there were people who were soldiers or in Burma there's... Um, um, uh, guerrilla fighters f- fighting the government, and both t- of the guerrillas and the soldiers would come meditate with him, and um, and they would uh, the consequence of the violence they'd done would come and impact them in their meditation, and they have to sit with it and be with it and and work through it to the other side. And for some of them, it was a challenging time to sit with the with the inner landscape of uh, the consequences of what they've done. So, um, 
so the first principle of karma is that actions have consequences, and we can be careful. We can, uh, with, a, uh, with our choices we make about what we do, in, uh, in deeds, in speech, and also in thoughts. The harder in our thinking, but uh, with meditation we start learning that we have actually some ability to choose. And so uh, having more and more choice of how we live our lives is one of the consequences of mindfulness meditation. The more choice we have, the more freedom we have. Um, people who don't see that they have choice don't have choice. And uh, they just become, kind of do things on automatic or they do things, that they don't even know why they say and do things. It's just kind of like, this is what happens, it comes out of them. But as we get quieter and more attentive, um, more and more we see there's lots of choice and um, in all kinds of small ways in our lives. When I uh, came back from three years or so in the monastery, Zen monastery, uh, where everything was choreographed, everything was uh, very um, organized and, and uh, you had, how you stood, how you walked, how you bowed, when you bowed, when you sat, everything was on a schedule kind of much of the day. And so you didn't have to think a lot about, do I stand now? You, you know, the bell rang and you stand. But when I came to, um, I left the monastery, I realized right away that um, uh, that all kinds of things before the monastic training, I'd just done an automatic pilot. Now I saw that it was a choice. And um, and so I went to my the abbot and told him this, that, you know, that how I sit down in a chair, I never thought about it before, but now when I sit in a chair... Uh, I'm aware of the choice about how I sit there, the posture I take. And uh, I see all this choice. And then the abbot did something that uh, he'd never done to me before. Uh, when I said this to him, he reached forward and shook my hand. Like uh, he was really pleased, I guess, by this uh, realization. The second uh, thing is uh, principle of karma is... Um, that um, the consequences of our actions um, um, are influenced by the quality of the actions. So if what we do, we think, say, or do, is influenced by, is, is characterized by uh, something unskillful, something unwholesome, something that is unethical, something that uh, is going to harm someone, then the consequences will have something, uh, some a flavor of, of being also unskillful, unhelpful, unethical, or harmful. So if we live a life that's harming, the consequence is going to be harming to ourselves and maybe to others. The opposite is true, that if we do live a life that's wholesome, that's skillful, that is non-harming, that's beneficial to self and other, then uh, that then the consequences of our actions will carry with them some of those skillful, wholesome qualities. So it's not a the the impact. The consequences of our actions are shaped by the quality, the ethical quality of the action that we do. And um, and so then it's important to be even more careful because if we do things which are unhelpful, unhealthy then the consequences will be unhealthy. And we just perpetuate that through time. And it's a cyclic thing where uh, sometimes that if you do something unhealthy, something unethical, 
the consequences will be unhealthy, kind of, not necessarily unethical, the consequences, but will carry with them some of the unhealthy or, or unwholesome qualities of the original action. And, um, and this is particularly, I think, true again in our psychology, the impact on our actions in our own psychology. And, um, and it's cyclic because as, as something unhealthy happens, uh, the consequence, it predisposes us to do, to more things which are unhealthy. If we do things which are healthy, wholesome, then, uh, when the consequences are wholesome, that predisposes us to do more of the same. So that's the second principle of karma. The idea that, uh, the consequence is influenced or shaped or by the quality of the original action. The third uh, principle of karma, this karma theory, is that the consequences of our actions and uh, consequences of our wholesome actions or unwholesome actions um, come into uh, uh, play out also over uh, lifetimes. The idea that there is multiple lifetimes and, uh, and that uh, the way that you'll be reborn when you die will be very much influenced by the the quality of the actions you did, the things you did and the quality of them being um, ethical or unethical or wholesome or unwholesome um, will influence how you get reborn. And um, it's a kind of an extension of the second principle, but it's extended into rebirth. So some people, when they talk about the karma, are talking about all three of these. And some of them, people talk about only the first two because the idea of rebirth is not so important for them. And, um, and so when people talk about karma, you have to kind of, kind of listen to them more carefully and say, are, are they the first two principles or is it the third principle as well? And, um, and then you have to decide, you know, you, it's up to you to decide if this uh, teachings on rebirth is, uh, has any value for you or importance for you if it motivates you to live a better life. And, um, but uh, regardless of whether you believe or don't believe in rebirth, um, the first two principles are uh, the foundational to this teaching of karma. Your actions have consequences, and the consequences are, uh, are shaped by the kind of the ethical quality of the action itself. So consequences are shaped by the ethical quality of the action. And, um, and it's all a call then to be careful, to be attentive, to appreciate that you have choice. And the calmer you are, the more steady you are, the more awake you are, the more you'll see all the choice points through the day and you'll start choosing um, to live more wisely and ethically and kindly and and um, and uh, and it might seem like a lot of work to make all these choices, but it becomes more like second nature and obvious that uh, we're all make, we're all making choices all the time anyway, but we don't, we're not so conscious of it. And uh, what we do with meditation practice, we become more conscious of it, and uh, hopefully become more conscious as we do so, more aware of um, uh, all the unnecessary energy and effort that goes in. And so this living a life of choice becomes more and more effortless over time because uh, we can live from a place of ease.
So thank you. And uh, may you, may your car, maybe, maybe you, may you engage in good karma, good actions. The, um, or as the Buddha said sometimes when he talked about this karma, uh, he talked about beautiful actions. Sometimes it gets translated as good actions, but the word kalyana means beautiful. And so um, uh, if you live with beautiful actions, then there'll be beautiful results. So may you live a beautiful life. Thank you.